this conversation that we're going to have now, yes, it's about the whole the Menchie's incident that happened at the Totem Lake Menchie's on November 7th. And the, the other day when I found out about this, my feelings, I was hurt. I don't know Byron T. Raglan. I hope to someday meet him and sit down and have a conversation with him soon about this incident. I'm going to explain the incident and what happened, and then we'll kind of we'll talk about it, even though you're probably listening and you can't talk back to me. Again, on November 7th, at around 5.30 p.m., Byron T. Raglan he went inside the Menchie store. He was in there. He walked in there with an adult woman and her son. He's a supervisor, and the lady was there because of a supervised visit with her son, in which Byron was the supervisor. Now, when they walked into the store, they walked in. The lady and her son, they went and they purchased something. They got something from the store. Byron didn't. He sits over in a chair, supervising. After a while, the owner of the Totem Lake Menchies, Ramon Cruz is his name, he says that his employees noticed a man sitting alone in a corner, and so they text him for help. He called the police on the man because he looked suspicious and had not bought anything. In the text, there was nothing about race, no color. I immediately, front of my head, think, okay, you know, safety first. I called the police. Raglan told police he was there to supervise the visit, like I was like I was telling you, between the two people. He says that he knows now for the future. Now I know that that's, you know, that's a mistake, right? I should not have associated previous incidents in our other stores. But, you know, I would have done the same thing just for the safety of our staff. Now, where we are right now with it is this. Menchie's, the corporate office, they have not, I mean, at least I have not seen a statement that they have put out on this topic yet. I know I kept checking their Twitter, their official Twitter on this to see if I would see a statement. I did see a statement from uh, Chief Sherry Harris and the city manager, Kurt Triplett. So the city of Kirkland and the Kirkland Police Department, they have responded to this. In responding to this, the message was, we would like to extend our sincerest apologies to Mr. Byron Raglan and the residents and businesses of Kirkland for the events at Menchie's Yogurt in Totem Lake on November 7th. They talk about some other things. They say, we take our commitment to fostering a safe and welcoming and inclusive community very seriously. When we first learned of the incident, we asked our detectives to immediately initiate an investigation. Today, we were presented with the preliminary findings of that investigation. Our initial assessment showed that the interaction that occurred did not meet the expectations of our community or the high standards we set for ourselves. As a result, Mr. Ragland and the other individuals with him were left feeling unwelcome in Kirkland. No one regrets this more than the men and women of the Kirkland Police Department. We are truly sorry. That was an update. So again, Mr. Ragland's in the store. He's accompanying a supervised visit between a mother and her child. Those two, they were white. And, of course, Mr. Ragland, uh, not of course, but, of course, he's black. And so he's sitting there, 
And according to the, the, the girls that were there at the shop, they text their owner, Raymond Cruz, and said that there's somebody who looks suspicious. Now, Raymond Cruz had surveillance and was able to, he was able to see what was going on. And, and so he decided to call the police and said, yes, according to his employees, that this person here looks suspicious. And then the police come, the police come, and, of course, they, they made a report on the whole thing. I have the police report that's right there. Um, one of the things that was said was um, by the police officer in this investigation right here, after I requested Raglan's full information and the names of his associates, they told me they were leaving and would not give any more information. After Raglan left the store, the employees told me that he had been in the store for a while and did not buy anything, and he was not making them feel comfortable. They were both thankful that Raglan was gone. So, and now the conversation right now is is about whether or not, if it was race or all of those kind of things. And I just want to say that it's hurtful in a way when you hear a story like that, is that it's hurtful that Mr. Raglan does not get the benefit of the doubt. He does not get the benefit of the doubt in that situation. And I want to say that there's a few errors in a lot of this. The first thing I want to say is, is there was three situations in which it could not have gone wrong. The first one, the first one being were the employees, the two employees, the girls that were there. And in my honest opinion, from the bottom of my heart, my opinion, I really think out of everybody involved in this story, I think that the two employees, those probably all, they have responsibility, but in me, they have the least amount of responsibility in this story right here. Now, they got it wrong, for sure. And so then they let the owner know, Raymond Cruz. And Raymond Cruz takes their word, and even though Raymond Cruz says this wasn't about race or anything, he said that Mr. Raglan looked suspicious. And the question would be, why does he look suspicious? And they said that they had had some uh, robberies in the area, even though the person that committed these robberies in the area was not someone of color, they have had robberies and maybe that they were scared in that situation. The uh, the third were those two police officers, which is why I'm glad the Kirkland Police Department came out and actually said that they, they admitted they were sorry. I just don't understand how police officers showed up to that scene, got the facts assessed the situation, and still did not rectify that situation, did not make Mr. Raglan feel comfortable in that situation because it could have been done right there. It, it could have, this would have never been a story if the cops would have gotten there, realized what the situation was, and had said, oh, you know what, Ms. sorry about this, go ahead, continue, please. Would not have been a story. But it is a story because it got this far. Another thing that's that's mind-boggling to me is how the police department is called. Like, we, we are calling, now I say we, we as a people, we're calling the police a lot mm. lately. And it just seems like, what was the emergency? I would ask anyone, 
In this situation, what was the emergency? And that was a really – that's the exact point I was going to come up with because somebody from the 425 said, uh, "What did? when did people forget that 911 and the police are for emergencies? Somebody sitting in a public business having not been approached does not qualify in his emergency. And going back to the racial part of that, they're risking that man's life by unnecessarily involving the police. I don't. I feel like that is uh, something that seems to be popping up more often. Is that it's not just the incidents themselves, but the fact that immediately people are going, "Well, I, I need to call nine one one. I immediately need to go to this sort of nth degree type thing. If this is something that's making me uncomfortable, I want somebody else to deal with this." Drew, you ever had a situation where you felt uncomfortable? To what? To to this degree? To this like degree? This. Uh, no, no, well, but there's probably been a handful of situations, but nothing that would stand out in my mind. I went to military school, right? Mm-hmm. And I came home for uh, spring break. And I was home. It was my junior year. I was home for spring break. And I went to go to drive to my grandmother's house. And now I'm driving, no big deal. I get pulled over. When I get pulled over, one cop is on the uh, the passenger side towards the back. Mm -hmm. Other cop is in the front. And he said, uh, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to my grandmother's house. Mm -hmm. He says, uh, huh, shouldn't you be in school? I said, oh, I'm I'm on spring break. How old are you at the time? 17, Mm -hmm. 16, 17. I I said, "I'm I'm on spring break. He says, Chicago public schools. No, they're not in school. I said I. I don't. I go to military school. I go to school in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Where, where are you? Where are you coming from? I'm coming from my house. Get out of the car. Wow. Get out of the car. Put me up against the um, door. Oh. Uh, you, you got anything in the car? No, I don't. I don't have anything. Uh, yeah. You, do we have permission to search your car? Sure. Go ahead, search it. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna handcuff you real quick just so make sure you're all right. All right. Mm. So you handcuff me. Mm. You're watching, looking looking inside my car. D- just just dig it out, throw it out everywhere. Glove compartment, trunk, mm. hood, everything. Mm. Do all this stuff. Somebody, I think, I, and I don't know. I never heard the conversation, but somebody must have said, "Hey, his license plate. It must have." Ping to my dad, mm-hmm. and then they started to put two and two together, oh, and then they started to act kind of cool. Uh-huh. Oh, we just you know we just want to make sure everything was cool with you. Hey, we 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 think you're okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's the kind of tone they it had. Came a lot more cordial. Sure. The reason why I'm telling you this story is because of this. The two police officers, they were black. Yeah, those two police officers were black. And what I'm saying is, is for years and years and years, there has been such a stereotype on black men for so long. There's sometimes so many people assume the wrong things. And when you when I hear a story like this, it's hurtful, man. It's hurtful because it brings up memories of me. No, this story isn't about me. I'm not trying to make this about me. But what I am trying to do is I am trying to sit here and have a conversation with 
anybody that will want to listen and just to explain to you that sometimes there is there are a lot of racial biases that happen out here. I tell you the story about me getting pulled over. I have I have other stories, but I wanted to tell this story because I was crying. Even though I did all everything I was supposed to do, I was crying in that moment because I was hurt. I was hurt because I didn't understand then why it is that these cops were doing me this way. Mm-hmm. I did everything that I was supposed to do, but they treated me so bad. And they were black. Cops. I'm not saying all cops are bad. I'm the son of a cop. But what I am saying, my point that I'm trying to get to, and I hope that everybody can listen and learn from this, we have to get better and quit making to assumptions that someone of color is bad, is suspicious because of being black. And I'm spelling it out like that. And for somebody who wants to say, well, it's not always about race. You're right. It's not always that way. You're 100%. But it's happening too much. And in 2018, that police, I heard the, the radio call when the Ramon Cruz calls in and he says about the Mr. Raglan looking suspicious. He was sitting there so many times, and, and, I, and I don't even have to ask, so many times, so many go into a store and they might be waiting for somebody. They might be supervising something. Who knows? But I don't understand the suspicious in this story right here. And I saw the tape right there. And that's why I said in this situation, the girls that were in the store, look, in 2018, if there's one thing I understand about young people, Mm. I got kids. Young people ain't the best at at communicating. They really not. Mm. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying, kids just aren't good at communicating. Could it also be that just sort of the threat assessment radar for kids these days is just a little bit out of whack in that you've started to lose a little bit of track of where your worry meter should be based on people around you. Like, I wonder if sometimes people are, have just worked themselves up into such a tizzy that if they're around any situation that makes themselves sure. uncomfortable, they're immediately thinking like, oh, I okay, this is the thing I've yeah. been prepared for. I need to make the call now. Right. You're right. Yeah, Drew. In this situation, as a father... Mm-hmm. As someone who is sympathetic and understanding, as I try to be, I see this and I say, okay, the young girls thought he looked suspicious. Mm -hmm. He's not buying anything. He's sitting there. Is that bad? Sure, it's bad. She makes a text message. She sends it. They send a text to the boss. Hey, what do we do, boss? Hey, this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. The boss makes a call. Hey, yeah, my girls are my girls are feeling uncomfortable. Mm He's, he's looking suspicious. So they're, they're okay. And then the cops come. Then the cops, they just, even though the Kirkland, the police department, and, and they made a statement talking about they're very truly sorry. But we got to get better, Kirkland, the police department. We have got to get better. You got to implement more policies and practices to prevent things from happening. I'm, I'm Yes, police do so much for us. Firefighters do so much. But we got to stop with this. This is dangerous. As you can see on the news, these types of things have become dangerous. And so in this case, and the thing that was hurtful when Ramon Cruz, the owner, says, well, I, he says, I'm Asian. So I, I, it doesn't matter. 
doesn't matter what you are. You have to understand where Mr. Raglan was doing his job and how that might make someone feel. And, man, I'm going to tell you right now, it's hurtful. And so I, 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 just, I just say this. I'm not – this is not – this isn't a pointing of the finger. This is Cairo Nights, where we just try to sit down here. We try to have conversation here on a, on a weeknight basis. We can agree sometimes. We can disagree. And you know what? Sometimes some of the best things that happen in life, some of the best conversations, some of the things that make us spring forward is when things are uncomfortable. And you know what? Conversations about race, let's just be honest. They're flat out uncomfortable. They're not comfortable at all. But we got to have them. Because I don't know, I don't care who you are. I know, I know that you don't want anybody in your community to feel less than, and that's what I'm talking about. You want everybody to feel welcome. Really appreciate you guys listening. 